The podcast today is based on a conversation about how to enhance humanity through non-humans, which I'll get into a little bit. But first, let's do the intro for this Authentic Avenue. Kinship, a coalition of brands seeking to bring more to pet care. Today I'm chatting with Leonid Sudikov, who's their president, and specifically today we talk about the intersection of a few things, specifically two pairs of words, which have their nuances, but within which Leonid sees a strong intersection as part of his work. The first, which it titles this show, is humanity and care. He's found that caring for pets enhances one's own humanity, and so we delve into that today. And the second, of course, is authenticity, because it's me, and meaning. Within that, we explore the intersection in name, and then get specific about how certain initiatives within Kinship's Four Walls, like supporting female founders and its broad coalition work, helps to flesh it out in real life. It turns out we also talk about a common connection of ours who we have both interacted with in our professional lives, so tune in for that, as well as the final section of the show today, in which we talk about advice to carve your own path to authenticity, but especially within which Leonid shares a personal side to how he found his I really enjoyed the conversation today. I think you will too. And my God, if this is not another feather in my cap to go out and get a dog, I don't know what is. But I'll let you hear it for yourself now. So sit back, relax, and maybe pet your own dog. And listen in as I get real with Kinship and Leonid Sudakov. Hey, Leonid, how are you? Very good. Hi. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I would love to learn a little bit more about Kinship, of course, from the very top, because it seems like... I've talked to some organizations before that began as part of another and then spun out. I'd just love to know a little bit about your story through that time and becoming part of the founding team at Kinship. Would you help illustrate that for me and for the audience a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been um, in Mars uh, for over 12 years right now. And, and Mars has been in pet space since 1936, so over six, you know, 80 years. And um it's it's some point where, you know we really started to reflect what is what 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 is obviously obviously happening with the the category that Mars has been leading over de- over the decades and um, I I came came into the pet care space uh, in 2013 so eight years ago now and uh, um, have been a chief marketing officer of Mars Pet Care um, and through the work that we 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 started doing on the on the future of the pet industry and the generational change that is happening um, in the population of pet parents and, uh, and the relationship uh, they have with their pets that is changing, it became clear that there is an opportunity for um, a different type of uh, business to be created, uh, a business that's built, built on the beginning from, uh, in the beginning from um, becoming a partner of choice for industry disruptors, for everyone who has an idea for this industry and for solving the pain points that this new generation of pet parents wanted to solve. And so for us, this kind of gave an impetus to create uh, Kinship as a, as a standalone business. And obviously for me to come in and, and run it um, very much with the, with the focus on solving the pain points of the new generation of pet parents and um, with a vision of, um, uh, creating a level of experience for everyone who owns a pet uh, so strong and so positive that they will open-heartedly recommend it to everybody else. And we know that um, the more we do that, the more we open people's eyes uh, to the benefits of pet ownership and the more, uh, 
we help them uh, and make it as easy, as joyful, uh, and as uh, worthless as possible, um, the more humanity we will bring into the world. And the more, the more we, will, we will prove that the world that cares is a, is a, world, is a better world for all. I appreciate that explanation. I'm curious a little bit about the relationship, specifically in the transition from Mars to kinship. The reason why I'm curious about it is because sometimes when I talk to uh, groups like this, and by that I mean uh, perhaps businesses that were first incubated and then spun out, it makes me wonder how much uh, autonomy that you have given the fact that you're also linked to this enormous, enormous business. Now, granted, you were part of the leadership of that business, so my guess is that there's quite a bit of autonomy here because they trust you and they know what you're doing. But I'm just curious as to, does it make it more comfortable to build up a business like Kinship from the ground up within the umbrella of the larger Mars family? Or are you trying to approach it as if it were brand new with no such support? You know, I've been in, in many businesses during in my career in, you know, all over the world. And, and one thing that I think helps in this um uh, in this specific example, is the fact that Mars is not just a company like any other. It's a it's a private business and it's a family owned business and and in a way it's a business that because of this this its nature is a very much a long term focused purpose led business. And so as it regards to pet care, all the multitude of dis, you know different parts of, of Mars pet care are all um, uh, you know, united by a single purpose of uh, uh, creating a better world for pets and so the fact that we are building a technology and uh, and business innovation leg to fit um, uh, into a much broader context of, of Mars but with a very specific ask of uh, um, you know it, that the business model like ours requires, it, it allowed us exactly the right um, uh, level of freedom, but you know, a very deep sense of uh, strategic alignment that is required to, 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 keep, to keep going and to keep going with enough um, tailwinds from, uh, uh, from uh, being part of a much bigger company but without the headwinds of bureaucracy, uh, um, uh, layers in the organization uh, to, get, to get to act on the things that we believe are essential. So I want to get into that a, a little bit uh, in the next few questions about making a better world for all, a better world for pets. I mean, it's very clear if you go onto your, your homepage, the a world that cares, that is, that's the priority. There are a bunch of building blocks to get to that better world. And it all starts internally. It all starts with you and the founding team and now the team that you've been able to build. So I'm going to talk about two pairs of terms, and I'd like to have you compare them or contrast them um, in how you look at them. The first two are the word that I like to approach on this show, authenticity, and how it combines with what you might consider as the word meaning, what it means broadly to you. And, and then I want to get into the idea of, of humanity and how that stands by you know, canine world. But let's start with that. How do you compare being authentic with having meaning? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great question. I think and that was a question that we had to um, answer very clearly because for a while, kinship has really been a promise. And above all, this has been a promise to potential associates that we had to 
convince and excite to come and join us on this journey and you know building a very very different business um, within a, a kind of a more uh, a more traditional business model required that we you know four times out of five we need to attract talent from the outside because the type of capabilities we need are very very new to Mars and very different to what uh, Mars historically had to rely on and so you know we needed to offer uh, you know, a meaningful uh, journey for anyone who would who would join us, and and so the, the idea of meaning is very is very important. And obviously, in our case, it's linked to the purpose that uh, um, that we have, and everything kind of you know really guides everything uh, we do. And uh, you know, for us, providing a a meaningful experience linked to the fact that uh, we believe. Um, a world that cares uh, is a better world for all. We believe that um, pets do bring um, humanity in this world and in a fun way. Uh, um, you know, pets actually make humans more human because uh, of the relationship of uh, of care, uh, that pure care that you build you build with uh, um, uh, with uh, you know an animal. That inherently is so so different from you, and so in many ways, obviously we have a lot of data behind the you know what the uh, pet ownership brings in terms of specific uh, health benefits and the uh, feelings of social cohesion. But I think beyond that, what was in in our case incredibly important uh, was that our our associates, our partners, and the people that we attracted into this kin um, found meaning in it found personal meaning in it. And so from that, you know, one, take it one step further and, and kinship becoming an authentic enterprise and an enterprise that is really living, uh, you know, what we, what we talk about and living what, uh, what, we, um, uh, what we believe in um, is built on this idea of a meaningful journey for every person uh, that that works for us and every partner that we work with and and I found um, on this journey and as I said as I told you four times out of five we had to we had to bring new people that wouldn't otherwise work for Mars uh, onto this journey uh, this this being so lucky about being in this category that is so full of meaning because it's built on love because it's built on 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 care because it's built on humanity has been a massive advantage for us. This journey is the next thing that I want to ask about because it's it's so broad, but it, it touches on this other pair of terms. And I know you've talked about it for just a second, and I know you've suggested there's a bunch of data to back it up. But if you'll allow me to be uh, one of the pillars of your own culture, which is to be purposefully inquisitive about this, I'm curious about the intersection of that humanity and the care that you describe. Specifically, what are some of the most surprising found, uh, findings or what have you found generally that reflects that showing care for a non-human enhances one's own humanity? I find that fascinating. Yeah, so, so you, know, you know, probably the biggest um, uh, opportunities to see just the reality of the impact that pets have on human lives is when you look um, at the pop, you know, specific populations at risk. And if you look at children and you look at the elderly, so some of the things that we've been able to 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 discover in Mars has, 
for over five years ran a, a partnership with National Institutes of Health in the U.S. to really understand um, uh, in detail, you know, the reality of the human-animal interaction in the pet ownership sense. And one of the things that we've discovered was the impact pets have uh, on the uh, development of children and the, on, and on, on really uh, young children learning um, uh, uh, how to care for another. Uh, uh, children seeing a lot more, um, uh, you know, opportunities to integrate, and especially children who who uh, have issues otherwise to integrate into into today's society, feeling much more part of it. So, so there is a lot of work that's been happening um, uh, in the area of uh, in the area of uh, uh, young age development. And on the other uh, opposite side of it, you know, the uh, the feeling of social, social isolation for the elderly. And if you think about the companionship uh, that pets provide for many, many pet owners uh, in, of the advanced age, it's, it's, it was incredible to just have it, have it uh, confirmed scientifically and see how much this um, uh, feeling of social isolation has been solved because of the companionships that, uh, uh, that pets provide. And then in between, there's obviously a massive, um, a, a massive um, uh, majority of the adult population for whom we've seen the, the social cohesion and is, you know, really be reinforced. And, and that concerns um, uh, feeling of, of community, being part of community in the neighborhoods where you have pets and where you see people walking their dogs. Uh, feeling integrated and uh, with with your neighbors, and so it's it's really across the board, uh, uh, and we've we've seen that uh, um, you know in in many studies that we've done, and also in, in in the studies that others done in this space, and it's just been incredible to confirm the subjective experience we all have as pet parents, and uh, with with a huge strength of that suggestive, uh, uh, subjective experience with real science data. You know, I'll tell you. Last year, we, we've just ran uh, ran a, a pet parent report uh, where we asked um, um, uh, pet owners in the U.S. about their experience during COVID uh, in 2020, and over 70% of uh, of the U.S. pet owners talked about the fact that they wouldn't have been able to survive um, uh, the the confinement in the COVID situation. Uh, without having their pet with them. And then you get into a debate of how statistically valid the data point is, that what does it actually mean? The, the reality of this, what is important, is the strength of the subjective experience and, and you know, the very objective outcome of uh, uh, we've seen in, uh, in health and well-being that that results in. So people do feel um, uh, that... Pets, you know, are a critical part of their close environment and and what we call the social circle uh, that uh, allows us to um, to exist in this world. And in very in, in, in a lot of cases, pets are the intermediators uh, between uh, between us and the external world around us. Absolutely, there's so many. I mean, I, I, and I know that for sure. Like, I, I don't need to have. I don't need to be twenty four seven in the pet world to know that. And unfortunately, I I don't have. Uh, a pet of any kind right now, which is which is too bad because I think, especially this year or this let's say this past year, right, um, that would have been an incredible um, 
help <laughs> for anyone. I think mental mental health has been has come into the forefront, and that is certainly an area where uh, a furry friend can help. So, uh, thank you for explaining more on that, and I'm I'm glad that you've thought extensively about this. Uh, of course, it's it's not hard to see all the areas in which you've developed just by looking at the the kinship family. And I've heard so many things about. Uh, different areas of the pet experience, which have been built out for whatever reason. I, you know what I've been hearing like very, very recently? Pet insurance. I never even heard of that before. And all of a sudden, now it just seems to be like the hot thing. And I don't know. Uh, you know, I, do you, have you guys thought about, you guys do much work there? I'm curious. Well, we partner, you know, interestingly enough, we partner um, uh, with quite a few insurance players uh, to help them, you know, and, and help take this whole industry off the ground. Uh, we believe that insurance is, in, is, a, is a real important part of uh, uh, successful pet ownership. And in the U.S., there's a massive opportunity because the penetration of insurance has um, historically been quite, quite low. And there's quite a few players that are trying to crack that challenge and, and create the, 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 this new industry in the U.S. And one of the things that we are engaged on is through some of our data businesses, um, so Whistle, for example, which is our connected color business, which provides 24-7 a data stream of behavior of the, of the pet, pet's behavior uh, to you, um, basically indicating if there's specific risk or something is going wrong or uh, uh, with, with your pet. Um, uh, and what we found is, uh, you know, using that data um, can help. Uh, find the, you know, develop new propositions around insurance uh, that would make our partners um, even more successful in uh, supporting pet parents uh, and hopefully lower the premiums, you know, for the for the pet parents who have uh, uh, healthier pets, so that more people can afford uh, insurance, so that the premiums are much more informed and built on real data, and so we really. In our in our ecosystem, you know, really continuously look for partners um, to help advance a much broader agenda of uh, innovation in this in this industry. And I think it goes back to kind of the way that we started. So the, the first thing that we 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 said when we launched Kinship was that we want to become a partner of choice for those who have a dream for this industry versus trying to invent it ourselves. And this idea of being a partner. And, and being a you know partner of choice uh, is is very much at the heart of uh, um, of what we do and through a lot of our venture tools we're able to support dozens and dozens of um, different startups um, uh, and initiatives in the in the in the pet innovation space and so insurance is definitely one of the areas where we we partner we partner quite a lot. Yeah, I was curious about that because uh, personally for me and, and listeners, maybe we'll have this conversation in, in, down the road. Um, I had met somebody who I went to school with who had been, the longest time had been in you know, fintech. And then recently, in the last two years, had started a business in pets. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why I did that. Anyway, you'll know him well. His name is Mark and he founded <laughs> Pop. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know, I know Mark very well. Yeah. So it just, and he was like the first step that, uh, and, and I'll put his information into our show notes, folks, just so you know who the heck I'm talking about. So you're not totally lost here. I had uh, heard it first from him. I was like, oh, pet insurance. That's kind of, two years ago, I was like, huh? he, he, he wasn't doing that exactly two years ago, but he pivoted to it, it seemed. 
I was like, oh, that's a little weird. And then it just, and then yeah, it exploded. And I think his business is very much built on this premise of how can you make a higher level of care accessible right. to the biggest number of pet parents. Right. So that, anyway, that, that was something that I was glad to see in my research. I was like, oh, I wonder if, I wonder if he knows Mark. And then boom, it's not hard. I go, go right over to, I think I found it on the Companion Fund. Um, but anyway. Yes. So I'm glad you're continuing to think about that. All right. So th- this is perhaps a good transition then because m- my next question does does really, actually my, my next two questions, the questions that I tend to round out with, focus on the A, the A word that I focus on, authenticity. I always ask what the specific avenues are that every business has through which they believe they reflect and shine when it comes to being authentic. And in our lead up to this, I know we talked a lot about the coalition work. We talked a lot about promoting female founders. And I'd just love to have you illustrate that a little bit because I know that every business and indeed every person carves their own avenues to authenticity. This is a specific way in which you do. And I'd, I'd love to learn more. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great, really great question, Adam. So the beauty of starting the business from scratch, even in the context of a, of a, of a bigger enterprise, but it is that you have an opportunity to decide what you want to be. No one has decided it before you. And so for us, a couple of things were important from day one. One is really alignment to this Mars's purpose of building a better world for pets. And you know, that was a big part of uh, kind of a, a real authentic why uh, we do what we do. But the other thing culturally for us uh, has been this idea of being open to all. And so this this beating heart of diversity at the, at, the, at the very center of kinship. And there are a few things that kind of led to that and made it an authentic part of, of who we are. One is um, the fact that pets fundamentally don't see any difference. You can be white, you can be, uh, you can be black, you can be uh, uh, any gender or no gender at all. Pets will love you uh, uh, for, for what you are. Uh, uh, the idea of, of kinship fundamentally has been this idea of a, of a united kin that, that want to repay, you know, for what pets bring to our world. And, and so it was only natural for us to then, to then say, um, it, it's, it's, it's important that we represent that in, um, in, in who we hire, in, in, in the type of teams we build and who we support uh, um, in, on, on our journey. And so obviously contrast that with kind of a typical um, early stage business, especially in tech business, statistics around female founders or venture capital that goes to female founders, not to talk about the uh, obviously BIPOC uh, uh, founders. And, and so it became clear for us that both in our venture efforts and in our recruitment efforts and our company building efforts, it was it was important to make uh, real authentic moves that kind of live up to this you know, top belief we have, so that you know, we 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 are we are a company full of meaning for everybody that works for us and uh, and engages with us. And so for us, from the very beginning, the um, uh, you know creating this. Um, uh, very diverse organization. We, we always talk about this rainbow, creative rainbow at the heart of at the heart of kinship, and so that uh, obviously became very important for us, both in terms of uh, gender diversity. So our leadership team is, you know, perfectly gender gender diverse. Our population is 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 the same, but also in terms of our 
broader outreach efforts, um, both with an eye of potential potential associates or partners. And so hence, we kind of went and tackled it from uh, the standpoint of our leap accelerator, startup accelerator, where for the first time in the industry, we ran dedicated uh, programs, first for female founders uh, uh, two years ago, and then last year for female and BIPOC founders uh, to to truly um, open up more rooms where some of these founders can actually bring their their ideas uh, forward and really give them an opportunity and support that they need in uh, in this world. And then uh, on the uh, associate side, for us, there's been quite a lot of work that has been done, you know, throughout the organization by our employees uh, to really live this uh, uh, this mission of ours. And so we've created our first paid internship program that we've launched. Uh, earlier this year, where you know we really tried to bring um, undergrad students uh, looking for their first jobs from different communities from around the states, uh, you know that represent a much broader, uh, much more diverse uh, uh, potential employee population than than just kind of what would, would normally be be able to hire uh, in New York or San Francisco or Portland. So you know there, there's quite a lot of uh, examples that naturally. Because of how you know how integrated this belief is in in what kinship is, kind of naturally come to um, come to life, come to fruition, and and are executed across everything we do. Yeah, that's wonderful to to hear, and it's it's clear that you know you you are investing in each of these important causes and into these people, um, no matter who they are. But I, I'm certainly glad that that you're doing it. You know, whether it be from people starting out in their careers via internships to people starting their own businesses to founders. It was actually through a female founder that I was working for that I, that I met uh, Mark and the POP team. So, you know, that's, it's great to be continually supporting that in any way that you can. Glad to know that it is a way in which you shine as authentic. And that's where the last question resides today. It's sort of an advice column that I position for my listeners, many of whom are either brand builders of themselves, so working to create the next big thing, or just starting their careers. And of course, there are many in the the chief marketing officer world. Regardless, everybody is on this lifelong journey to develop their own avenues to authenticity, whatever that means to them, however they define the words that surround it. And we've defined a few of those words today. And so given your experience about how you've been able to carve those avenues for yourself across a global journey leading brands that everybody would know, and including your time now at Kinship, what sort of advice would you have for our listeners on how to create their own personal truth and their own avenue to authenticity? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a question that you need to keep answering all your, all your life. I think you know, we've we've talked about meaning earlier in this conversation, I, and finding your personal meaning um, is an essential part of anyone's professional path. And and I think in a world where we want more from our work than 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 the paycheck at the end of the month, we want more from the people that surround us um, in our work. Um, I, I think it requires it requires you know a real deep understanding um, of of who we are and in a way finding this personal meaning um, is is always the first step to 
um, to be able to be authentic with others. Uh, and I think in my personal journey, this, you know, I've, it's taken me a while. I've really worked hard at it. And obviously, um, uh, you know, trying to, to, to build what in the beginning was quite a traditional corporate career, um, uh, you know, and, and kind of trying to figure out which part of me can come to life in, the, in, the, in a corporate context has been, you know, a struggle for a while. And so um, I, I, my hope is that those who are at the very beginning of their careers will get to it faster. It took me, um, you know, quite a few years to, to be, um, to really find that meaning and to be uh, fully myself uh, at work. And I'm, I'm thinking now um, the breakthrough for me came probably uh, in the late 20s, maybe very early 30s. And I, I still remember uh, being able to come out at work uh, uh, has, has been such a massive, uh, massive challenge. And, it, you know, I, I ended up waiting until I had a boss who um, was Danish, who didn't care, and who was, you know, who came from a an environment of freedom, of mental freedom that kind of, you know, that, that liberated, liberated me in a way. And so, um, short circuiting some of this, um, some of this, um, uh, journey, I think would have been an advice that I would have given myself, um, uh, 25 years ago. Um, so that's one, I think the second thing that is important, um, I find is not to fall in what they call the, uh, um, likability conundrum. And so a lot of times, obviously, it's only natural for us uh, to want to be liked. And a lot, of, a lot of these words are used, especially when we talk about female leaders and, and, and women trying to, uh, um, uh, to grow professionally and trying to figure out a way that they're expected uh, to come across as leaders. And a lot of them trying to navigate the traditional image we have of a, of a, of a, of a, a woman and an image of a leader or a boss that, that comes from, you know, decades and decades uh, of, um, of that title being reserved only to men. And so this, this idea of, um, you know, really owning uh, all the shapes of, uh, of, uh, of what makes you you and not settling for um, uh, solving for somebody's, uh, you know, likable image is, is a very important, in, is a, is a very important part of the journey. And I think it's linked again to you finding your, you know, your, in your gut, this, this deeper meaning of, uh, uh, what makes you, you. So those are probably the two aspects that I've seen, um, that I've seen that, that are, that are of interest here. One is, you know, really investing in, anchoring your personal meaning for yourself and then um, drawing um, uh, your experience from that versus uh, the need to be liked by others. I think that's important as well. And I'm glad that with time, corporate environments have been made to make employees feel more comfortable with a couple of things, with being true about themselves, who they are, and, and also maybe in management styles, with focusing more on the outcomes and the results of things maybe than, than being necessarily liked by everybody being a people pleaser. Cause you're never going to be able to do that. And, and that was something that 
it took me a little while as well. You know, I'm, I'm currently in my late 20s, so I have a lot to learn, clearly. But something that I have learned is that I, I went from, you know, I think trying trying to be the person that everybody liked well and had, oh, I can just sort of like charm my way to like, look, that's not always going to be the case. Uh, you know, I, hell, I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now that talks about how some brands are authentic. I'm purposely not talking to some businesses because I don't think that they are. And mm-hmm. I know that it doesn't please them, you know, but that's something that's taken me time to be okay with because there's such a personal struggle between like, God, if I'm not liked by everybody, am I going to be successful? Blah, 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 blah. So I, I'm glad that you have found that and that that's advice that you give. And listeners, I would encourage you to to think about these things as, as you make your way, whether it's in your own business and you're trying to woo clients or whether it's building up a business that you that you work for and you're and you're trying to to do well for for your leaders uh, in both cases and, and in all cases. Uh, Leonid, I, I really appreciate your expertise here, your stories, your, your definitions for those words, how they compare, uh, and and your leadership to help the world uh, become a better place through uh, pet ownership and and, be, and making people uh, collectively a world that cares. I'm really glad to have had the time, and thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Adam. Pleasure. I really would take that last piece of advice to heart. It's easy to be enamored with a job opportunity because of I would say superficial, but but let's say your baseline stats like pay and title and things like that. But really what you should look for too is places where you can be yourself. And I'm glad that so many businesses have become more inclusive over time, but maybe it's something that you should hold in slightly higher priority for yourself. I know that I've done that before and it might help you become your more authentic self. So thank you, Leonid, for that. And thank you to the listener for tuning in. If you want to keep on tuning in, here's what you do. You go over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You subscribe to this show. Maybe leave a rating and review if you fancy. And then find me on LinkedIn, Adam Connor and Authentic Avenue, of course. There's a page there for that as well, where our community lives. Finally, if you or your business has been thinking about getting into podcasts in some way, hit me up. I know a lot about it and can be helpful, whether it's just to brand build, to get leads for business, or to do other things, I can be a resource. And if you want to do that, adam at authenticavenuemedia.com is a great email to start with. I'll sign off now until next week, but in the meantime, I've been Adam Connor telling you that until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.